Good morning. Today is Tuesday, June 11th, 2019. Today is the feast day of St. Barnabas. We remember today um, St. Barnabas by these readings, Psalms 15 and 67, Ecclesiasticus, otherwise known as the Wisdom of Sirach, 31, 3 through 11, and Acts 4, 32 through 37. We are no longer strangers and sojourners, but citizens together with the saints and members of the household of God. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the J- through the grace of Jesus Christ, strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our God is glorious in all the saints. Come, let us worship. Alleluia. It being a major saint's day, we'll use the Jubilate, found on page 82 of the Book of Common Prayer. Be joyful in the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with a song. Know this, the Lord himself is God. He himself has made us. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and call upon his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his faithfulness endures from age to age. Psalm 15. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? Those who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart, who do not slander with their tongue and do no evil to their friends, nor take up a reproach against their neighbors in whose eyes the wicked are despised, but who honor those who fear the Lord, who stand by their oath even to their hurt, who do not lend money at interest and do not take a bribe against the innocent, 
Those who do these things shall never be moved. Psalm 67 May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known upon earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, has blessed us. May God continue to bless us. Let all the ends of the earth revere him. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Ecclesiasticus, or Sirach, 31, 3-11 The rich person toils to amass a fortune, and when he rests he fills himself with his dainties. The poor, poison, the poor person toils to make a meager living, and if he ever rests, he becomes needy. One who loves gold will not be justified. One who pursues money will be led astray by it. Many have come to ruin because of gold, and their destruction has met them face to face. It is a stumbling block to those who are avid for it, and every fool will be taken captive by it. Blessed is the rich person who is found blameless, and who does not go after gold. Who is he that we may praise him? For he has done wonders among his people. Who has been tested by it and been found perfect? Let it be for him a ground for boasting. Who has had the power to transgress and did not transgress, and to do evil and did not do it? His property shall be established, and the assembly will proclaim his acts of charity. Are you seated at the table of the great? Do not be greedy at it. Oh, excuse me, I had read one verse too long. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle B, a song of pilgrimage. Before I ventured forth, even while I was very young, I sought wisdom openly in my prayer. In the forecourts of the temple I asked for her, and I will seek her to the end. From first blossom to early fruit, she has been the delight of my heart. My foot has kept firmly to the true path. Diligently from my youth have I pursued her. I inclined my ear a little and received her. I found for myself much wisdom and became adept in her. To the one who gives me wisdom will I give glory, for I have resolved to live according to her way. From the beginning I gained courage from her. Therefore, I will not be forsaken. In my inmost being I have been stirred to seek her. Therefore, have I gained a good possession. As my reward, the Almighty has given me the gift of language, and with it will I offer praise to God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. 
There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to any as had need, and it was distributed to each as any had need. There was a Levite, a native of Cyprus, Joseph, to whom the apostle to whom the apostles gave the name Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He sold a field that belonged to him, then brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Let us say together the Apostles' Creed in affirmation of our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I think that before we do our special prayers for healing, I will talk about St. Barnabas and about the readings. I just feel like that kind of flows a little bit better this morning, so let's try that. All right, I'm reading the commemoration from the website, the app actually, um, for the mission of St. Clair, which has a lovely daily office app. Since I am right now sitting, looking out over the cityscape of Birmingham, Alabama, I don't have all of my usual books with me. I have almost all of them, and I, though I travel with very little, I chose to travel with the physical copies of my Bible and um, enriching our worships, enriching our worship volumes one and two in the Book of Common Prayer. But I do not have um, any of my saints' books or dictionaries, so we're going to use Saint Clair, which is a lovely little resource if you are not carrying your books around with you. Joseph, a Levite, born in Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, son of encouragement, sold a field he owned, brought the money, and turned it over to the apostles. Acts 4.36f. This is the first mention we have of Barnabas. His new name fits what we know of his actions. When Saul or Paul came to Jerusalem after his conversion, most of the Christians there wanted nothing to do with him. They had known him as a persecutor and an enemy of the church. But Barnabas was willing to give him a second chance. He looked him up, spoke with him, and brought him to see the other Christians, vouching for him. Later, Paul and Barnabas went on a missionary journey together, taking Mark with them. Partway, Mark turned back and went home. When Paul and Barnabas were about to set out on another such journey, Barnabas proposed to take Mark along, and Paul was against it, saying that Mark had shown himself undependable. Barnabas wanted to give Mark a second chance, and so he and Mark went off on one journey, while Paul took Silas and went on another. Apparently, Mark responded well to the trust given him by the son of encouragement, since we find that Paul later speaks of him as a valuable assistant. 2 Timothy 4.11, see also Colossians 4.10 and Philippians 24. And that was written by James Kiefer. So there we have a little bit about Barnabas. He gave of what he had, and he also um, reached out 
to someone who was ostracized by the rest of his group and then vouched for him. Let's talk quickly about the readings and then I want to get into some prayer and then, believe it or not, because Central Time it's only 2.26, I have a plane to catch. And yes, to my one friend who keeps telling me that I'm crazy for getting up early in the morning. Yes, I am crazy. Crazy for home. <laughs> um, and I know some, some folks might think it's nuts that I jumped on a plane and headed out here, but that's the kind of thing that you do for your brothers in arms. Um, and one of the many lessons for me over this trip is about keeping in contact. Perhaps more on that later, but at any rate, um, Psalm 15, I think the last time that we read this psalm together, I made the point that the only person who walks completely blamelessly and does what is right is Christ, but we have blamelessness in Christ, so we can by extension claim this, and I think that something that is important for us here is the verse, and speak the truth from their heart. There is a big difference in speaking truth from one's heart and saying things that are unkind. Um, sometimes, especially when we've got a lot of big feelings going on, like someone has hurt us and we're in the middle of an argument over that wound, it is really easy to say, I'm not being mean, I'm just being truthful. Um, Another way we do this is when we're being critical and we say that we're just being truthful. Well, I'm just being truthful. She looks fat in that. That is not the truth that's in your heart. I say this lovingly to you and to me. The, the truth that's in your heart, what I used to say to my airmen was, is it going to hurt or is it going to help? And that's the filter that we should use because our hearts are meant for love, not for wounding. And so when I am tempted to say to my friend, you have made me very angry. I do not want to be friends with you anymore. That might be my big feelings, but that is not the truth from my heart. The truth from my heart is you have wounded me. You have wounded me because the message that I received from this situation, from this context, was this. And then you have a brave and loving conversation about it. Or if, uh, as in my other example, you're speaking to a friend of yours, if you guys are already out at the event, it is not going to help her to tell her that she looks fat. If you are picking out dresses for the event and you're in the fitting room and she has chosen one that you don't think is flattering, you might suggest kindly another style, kindly. But there is such a difference. And the difference is in the purpose. Filter. Is it intended to help or is it intended to wound? And what fruit will it bear? That's kind of the continuation of intent, right? What are you looking for in the long run? Are you looking 
to hurt someone the way that you've been hurt? Are you looking to put up your shell and protect yourself? Or are you really seeking to understand, to heal, and potentially to reconcile? I'm not saying you have to reconcile every relationship. There are some relationships that you absolutely should walk away from. And Barnabas did these things with Paul, who had been known as Saul. He was brave, and he listened, and he opened his heart, and he came from a place of wanting the fruits to be reconciliation, redemption, and the spreading of God's kingdom. Amen. Well, that was a lot for a short little psalm. <laughs> psalm 67 is just such a little psalm of joy and praise and a reminder that we are so blessed. This is a good reminder. It's a good reminder for me today. Um, this might be a good place to kind of pause and talk about. You guys know I, I traveled for a funeral and I was so glad to see my brothers and sisters. Um, and that was healing and lovely. But there was also something from my perspective, very much amiss. Um, throughout the service, I just felt this It really felt like a spiritual source of unease. And I don't mean something that you would normally expect. We're not supposed to be at ease at a service. And I was trying to explain this to a lovely friend of mine who um, reached out and, and gave her condolences yesterday. And I was just so travel weary and fatigued from the emotions of the day that I didn't have the bandwidth to explain it then. So if she's listening, I'm sorry. I, I should have, well, um, I did not take the time to give you um, my full explanation then. But sometimes when we encounter, actually, let me back up. Unfortunately, in my life, I've been to a lot of funerals and I have encountered a lot of death. And one of the ways that I ask God to make a blessing out of that is I went through a lot of training. I trained to be one of the people that gives the notification. And so I went through quite a bit of what was kind of like grief counselor type training um, on a very surface level, nothing like a, an actual licensed social worker or grief counselor would have. Um, and I am by no means an expert on grief but I have seen a lot of it. And, and unfortunately, I've also seen the grief over the loss of a loved one when that loved one has taken their own life. And I have been working for several years now um, with particular intent over the last two years on honing my spiritual discernment. And so when I say that there was something spiritually amiss at the service, it means that what I sensed was not a healthy grief, um, even in these circumstances. And given the, the research and the learning that I've been doing about family systems theory, 
I think there's probably un an unhealthy family system um, that has increasingly gotten worse in that unit. It was certainly present um, when I was there, and quite frankly, I was not at a place of spiritual or leadership maturity during the six months that I was the interim commander of that unit uh, to really be able to understand, let alone do anything about it. And also as an interim commander for just, you know, in between for a short period of time, I, um, that's not really a position in which to affect change. Um, and my time as the operations officer in that unit, which was much longer, it was a span of about five years or so, um, again, I was, I was immature enough that I could not recognize things for what they were. So um, wittingly or unwittingly, I think I need to own that I bought into that unhealthy family system. And um, coming back here and seeing this and experiencing this, it is interesting. For a few hours yesterday, I was thrown right back into um, the self that I was during the time that I served here. And it was, it was a wholly uncomfortable feeling. It was almost like a spiritual and emotional flashback. Um, and I learned an important lesson that I want to share with you guys. The way out from that is through prayer. I know it sounds completely simplistic, but in the moment, I sometimes forget these things. So I wanted to remind you kind of as I remind myself as well. Because what I did was, you know, I'd, I'd been traveling and up since early that morning, and so I finally got through all the services, and I was like, I am just starving. I need food and sleep. So I had dinner and tried to sleep and didn't sleep. And here's my lesson. What I should have done is gotten up and said evening prayer. <laughs> and... And I think that that would have cleared it and I would have been able to go back to sleep. Um, thankfully, God met me where I was and I was already feeling a little better and more my present self this morning. But as I sit down to morning prayer, it feeds my soul like nothing else. And I'm not saying that morning, is the, morning prayer is the answer for all of us, but prayer is the answer for all of us. So whatever your prayer is, if you're like my other friend Melissa and church is is a hike in the mountains to her, then go do that. Go go to the place where you find God. Seek God and find your healing and renewal in Him, I guess is what I'm trying to say in my rather verbose way. Thank you all very much. I appreciate it for listening to me to ramble on this one. Um, and I will tell you too, although I am very glad that I came here and saw my brothers and sisters. I, I feel that in these times of prayer, when I have prayed for my departed friend and comrade in arms, this is where I have felt God in this time here with you and with my books, um, that for me, these were the memorial services, those times when I said the liturgy, and when I paused you and I lifted his name up, 
um, or when I included his name in the prayers, that this for me was where I found him. And even in the middle of everything yesterday, even in the middle of all of that disquiet, when I took a breath and I sought God, the place that I found peace was with the understanding that my friend is with him. That all of this churn, everything that was so wrong in his life that drove him to that point, it is over for him now. He is blessedly, fully enveloped in the grace and peace of Jesus that surpasses all understanding. He is with God. He is one with God now. And I have peace and certainty in that. My soul is quiet when God tells me this. I think that it is left for us to do the healing work with each other in our communities. That we can help each other withstand the dark nights. no matter what time of day or in what circumstances dark nights strike. And heal our institutions so that they are safe places for us. Um, our reading from Ecclesiasticus or Zurich we've talked about this one before and I think last time I particularly mentioned the bit about um, the rich person who does not sin. Is is special, in other words, because that person has has extra capability to sin. But this time, I think I want to talk about a particular verse. Verse four: The poor person toils to make a meager living, and if he ever rests, he becomes needy. The metaphor here is that we are all spiritually poor. And when we rest, we become needy. So what that means to me is when we do not have a rule of life, and by a rule of life I mean a spiritual practice that feeds our souls, when we do not, as I was just talking about, come and seek God in prayer in our time of need, we become ever more needy. We must pray without ceasing run the marathon, seek God in all things. And that is a continual work. That is a continual effort. It is, it is also the only way that, that I know that we continue to make spiritual progress, continue to heal, continue to grow and transform. Because when we enter into that collaborative relationship with Christ, when we focus our energies there God meets us and multiplies everything when we give all we have God multiplies that actually it's, it's more than multiplication right it is a divine increase I think is the best way to put it and then our New Testament reading we really already kind of talked about that Barnabas 
gave not just his money, but also his, his heart, his understanding, his time, and his effort to the community in order to make it a place of growth and reconciliation and redemption moving forward. So may we all do. Amen. I am going to just kind of wrap it up here, folks. Thank you for listening to me. I think I might have been a little extra rambly today, and if I go back and listen to this later, I might have been like, wow, you can really tell I'm sleep-deprived. But I've learned a lot here, and I just I pray that in my spiritual immaturity, any wounds that in my immaturity as a leader, you know, everybody, nobody starts out freshly hatched perfect. Um, but I just hope that any mistakes I made out of my youth and immaturity, that they did not wound, and that if they did, that God heals those wounds. Amen. May I be an instrument of healing. Gracious God, we come before you this day in pain and sorrow. We grieve the loss of Christopher, a precious human life. Give your grace to those who grieve, especially his brothers and sisters in arms, that they may find comfort in your presence and be strengthened by your spirit. Be with this, your family, as they mourn, and draw them together in your healing love. In the name of the one who suffered, died, and rose for us, Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Compassionate God, you so loved the world that you sent us Jesus to bear our infirmities and afflictions. Through acts of healing, he revealed you as the true source of health and salvation. For the sake of your Christ who suffered and died for us, conquered death, and now reigns with you in glory, hear the cry of your people. Have mercy on us, make us whole, and bring us at last into the fullness of your eternal life. Amen. I'm going to use as our prayer for mission today the prayer attributed to St. Francis, number 62 on page 833 of the Book of Common Prayer. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. We live without fear. For our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen. <laughs>